We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank member FDIC. Matthew, I can't believe we are in week 18 of the season. The regular season is almost over. This is crazy. About time. About time. <laughs> My lord. I just, can we just talk about the national championship game? Like, can we just talk about <laughs> TCU Georgia or something at this point? Like... We, we're still the NFL season's going on so long. It's infringing on my ability to talk about the college football national championship right now. I'm like, what, what are we doing here? What are we doing with this? Like get the season over with, get to the playoffs. I mean, uh, the number of people that I've seen just this week alone that have been like, so, so when are we getting our draft show? Like uh, most chiefs fans are, over it. It, are ready to get to the playoffs. They want to talk a little draft right here. And then on move on the playoffs. Now, be, yeah. now beyond, yeah, beyond my burners, what else are you beyond, saying out there? Yeah, it's not just Maddie's burners. It, it's a little bit of everybody. So I get it. And, you know, coming into this week, uh, not great football team. I put with a question mark after they took the San Francisco 49ers to the wire. Uh, you know, it, it, there's a little something there. So we'll see how this one goes. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit at some point. Um this is uh, this is kind of a unique show for us. Uh, this is our first time back at, since what what happened on Monday Night Football with Demar Hamlin, the terrifying, tragic events that happened with him, and I mean, luckily, a lot of great news has has come out since. Um, but it's probably, and I know there's there's probably you know a lot of people have spent some time talking about it. But it does seem like we are getting closer and closer to some resolution about what will be happening as a result of that moment uh, in in, in uh, on Monday Night Football. So it's probably worth at least addressing it off the top. And you know, I 
I don't know. Like, I don't know if we need to go around and express all of the emotions that we've felt through all this, because I know we've all kind of had opportunities, I think, you know, via social media. I think, Maddie, you've even spent some time talking about it. You know, our my thoughts and prayers are unbelievably with uh, undoubtedly with with DeMar Hamlin, and his family, uh, the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals, like this NFL community. It's just it's uh, it's been a very heavy week for everybody. Uh, not just Bengals fans and Bills fans. It's been a, it's been a heavy week for everybody. The Chiefs are kind of in the middle of of this this whole thing as well, though. And I think it's probably worth at least kind of addressing and talking a little bit about the ramifications of what have happened uh, as a result of of the you know tragic events to Demar Hamlin uh, on Monday Night Football. So there are a lot of scenarios that are being thrown out right now about uh, a lot <laughs> um yeah uh the last one i heard was a three-way tic-tac-toe game which i don't even know how that would work uh to I'd determine win. the i don't lose a tic-tac-toe ever oh, I, was, I, was, I was gonna say that andy wins like he's gonna come correct with his tic-tac-toe game i mean, I mean and, hey look andy's the best in the nfl with his x's and o's am i right and man if you replace those with cheeseburgers okay. game over that, yeah that was that was pretty good, Kent. I, I I know that we like to ride you down a little bit, but that was pretty good, buddy. <laughs> you got Craig the chuckle at a pun, so like you know, I did. I did. I'm pretty proud of that one, if I'm being honest. But um, you know, in light of everything that's happened, you know, I do not want to diminish anything that has happened. But it's also it, it's a point of the of the week where we also probably need to discuss what moving forward looks like, and right now. Uh, as we sit here uh, Thursday night, eight o'clock, there isn't resolution, but there does seem to be some trending towards the winning percentage being the ultimate decider of who gets the one seed in the AFC, which everybody at this point knows should the Chiefs, as a nine foot nine point favorite beat the Las Vegas Raiders this week. They will be the one seed in the AFC. Um, I just, I, before we get into it, how do you feel about it? I mean, I, I, I have my thoughts. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on how you kind of just feel about if that's the way the Chiefs wind up earning the one seed. We'll go with you, Matthew. Okay, I, I want to start with, with this. Like, nothing that matters about football seating or the game has, you know, really matters in the grand scheme of thing when we're dealing with an injury to Jamar Hamlin that yep. happened the way that it did the severity. I'm so glad to hear that things seem to be trending in the best possible way they could right now, not completely out, not, and not everything's fine, but they're trending in the right direction. That's so good to hear. Nothing that we are going to talk about matters in regards to that. I am also going to say this. I am going to make some jokes at the NFL's expense of how they are going about this process. And I don't want this to be taken as any kind of not taking the situation seriously. Cause this has been, I mean, football is a big part of all of our lives. And since this has happened I mean, for people that essentially, you know, have this very, very time intensive hobby of football, it's kind of shut down a lot of what we want, not even do, but want to do what we want to talk about, what we want to watch, how we want to think about this game that we spend a lot of time thinking and dealing with. It's been, it's been a lot of it. The NFL is now trying to move on, and we kind of have to, too, and part of that is the seating process. So, yes, if jokes are made here, do not take it as any kind of, you know, not understanding the severity of the incident. That said, 
getting the one seed in this manner just by winning and the Buffalo Bills not being assuming the Bills win two, they're a half game behind the Chiefs without ever having the opportunity to make up that that game without ever having the ability to. I think it sucks. I think it absolutely positively sucks for the Bills. And I get it. It's not the Chiefs' fault. The Chiefs did nothing that says that it's your fault this happened. You had nothing to do with it. Why should you be punished for it? I 100% get the fan that says that. I really, really do understand it. I just don't agree with you because the Buffalo Bills, as an organization, not their famous, they didn't get an opportunity to go out there and prove that they were still the best team in the AFC. They entered that game, you know, Obviously, they hadn't played, but they entered that week of football as the best team in the AFC. They lost their opportunity to say we're still the best team. It's not that they didn't prove it. It's not that they didn't show it. They lost that opportunity altogether. So, yeah, the Chiefs getting the one seed because a team lost that opportunity to show that they are better, which they deserve to do. They deserve to get that opportunity. And unfortunately, this tragedy happened and didn't let it. It, it would sting a little bit. It's a little disappointing. It's a little ho-hum way to get the one seed. And I'm not somebody that's just going to be like, oh, too bad, don't care, one seed over everything else right now, right? Like, it's just, I don't think that's the way that my brain's going to work about it all. I mean, the other part of this is that, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals don't have a shot at the one seed if this happens the way that it's going to happen. I mean, they're not going to play the game. I mean, and obviously, Maddie, based on Monday's game and Monday's podcast, we know how you feel about the Cincinnati Bengals. So try and rein that in, buddy. Just just try and keep that down. Boy, that, that's a fun rant to listen to now, isn't it? <laughs> Aged really poorly. Just yeah. wait till the Ravens beat them. But see, now right. the Ravens can't be now the Ravens can't win the AFC North, right? Like I know. now like it, it the does Ravens can't down. eat Bengals in their place. It does. Unbelievable. It's not just, you know, this this one seed scenario that everybody's talking about. Now, obviously. It is the one that's pressing at everybody's mind because the bye week is immensely important. Before we recorded today, I asked DJ and Mike DeVito because one of the proposed things was, hey, what would you rather have? You know, basically the one seed gets to decide either going and taking the bye or getting home field advantage all the way through the playoffs. So basically, you know, it might be a neutral site. It might be that you go to the other place, anything like that. I asked them, I said, I know you guys as players, I'm pretty sure how you're going to answer, but which one would you prefer? And both of them immediately, a bye week. Are you kidding me? Bye week. Like, it is so important to get rest, to get that mental week off and to not have to play that one. And that's why there's such an extreme focus on it. Like it, it, that's why it's been the topic of conversation all week. And it's also why the NFL hasn't just come up with a broom and just gone, all right, here's what we're going to do and sweep the rest of it under the rug because it does matter. It drastically affects the way that the playoffs will go. So I understand why they're trying it, why it seems like they are trying everything under the sun right now, where they're discussing everything under the sun. Some of them have been really, truly terrible ideas that have been leaked to the public. Who knows if those are actual NFL ideas or not, but it is one of those that it does require a modicum of seriousness to discuss how all this is going to play out. Because yes, like Maddie said, you got two teams, the two seed and the three seed right now, as of this game, because that one didn't get played, that don't have an opportunity to go out there and win the one seed, that don't have the opportunity in the Bengals' case to win the two seed. Maybe they want to host the Bills in that scenario, and by beating the Bills, they would have the inside track then for that game. It changes a lot by making that move, by not playing that game. I agree 
with the decision to stop it. Don't get me wrong, but by not playing that game, it makes so many other things fall into place. It just changes a lot for several teams in this league. And we do have some official news here that has broke while we are doing this show. The NFL has announced that the Week 17 Buffalo Bills at Cincinnati Bengals game will not be resumed, has been canceled. Uh, so that game is not happening. I think we all knew that was probably the case. It does. Yeah. That's one step towards resolution on you know the scenarios remaining. I did see reports that there will be an owners meeting sometime tomorrow uh, to discuss these scenarios uh, for for the playoffs as well. So mm-hmm. there may not even be answers. I, and I'll double check some of that tonight. Craig, you're you're wanting to jump in here for a second? You well, I, I, I need to confirm this now. Now go right I'm ahead. Looking I, too. I, I, okay. Yeah. So in a the NFL is considering um, clubs, the NFL team. So I think this is apparently. I don't know if it means put to a vote. I really can't read the press release that was tweeted out here by is this Tom Pelissaro? It's kind of hard to read while we're doing the show. It sounds like the owners are in discussions about playing the AFC championship game at a neutral site. Um, the way that I can see it, there's a couple different scenarios listed. You know, Bones, oh, Kansas will State. be played. Will will be played at a will be played site. at a neutral site. Uh, can I you want me to read the whole thing really yes, quick for everybody? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all right, right. highlight it all. Here are the options for the AFC title game. This is per Ian Rappaport at Rap Sheet. The AFC championship game will be played at a neutral site if the participating teams played an unequal number of games and both could have been the number one seed and hosted the game had all AFC clubs played a full 17-game regular season schedule. That is a lot of words to say uh, the game's going to be played at a neutral site. Uh, Those circumstances involve Buffalo or Cincinnati qualifying for the game as a road team. And are listed below. Scenario one, Buffalo and Kansas City both win or tie. A Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. So if Buffalo and Kansas City both win or tie this week, it will be a Buffalo versus Kansas City game. uh, Maybe in Indianapolis. I'm hoping for Vegas. Uh, Scenario two, Buffalo and Kansas City both lose in Baltimore wins or ties. A Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. Scenario three. Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Cincinnati wins a Buffalo or Cincinnati versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. There's really not a scenario where basically what we are learning is the ASC championship game will very likely be at a neutral site. Man. No, if it's the Chiefs and Bengals, it's not. If the Chiefs and Bengals, it's in Kansas City. Assuming the Chiefs won. Sorry, if the Chiefs win, then Chiefs-Bengals would be in Kansas City, not a neutral site. It's any version at which, you know, the week 18 has to happen, I guess. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll have to see what week 18 brings. If we assume that all three of these teams, win, it comes down to any Kansas city, Buffalo, you know, Kansas city, Buffalo's neutral site, Kansas city, Cincinnati would be uh non neutral site. What's interesting to me, how they don't say that Cincy and the bills as a two, three seed would have to play at a neutral site, given like the game that was going to directly determine that right. didn't get played. That's the one game that's being removed. Like I get it. Like if you they played the same amount of games, so technically the Bills are still ahead in the standings. It's just weird to remove the game that would have decided that. But alas, Chiefs will play at home if they win. They'd play the AFC Championship game at home against the Bengals. If it's against the Bills, it will be at a neutral site. Again, assuming yep. both teams win. So, so basically, what I'm hearing is this is finally how Patrick Mahomes doesn't play a home AFC Championship game. That's that's what I'm hearing right mm. now. No, it would be, yeah. Off. I mean, it, yeah, it would, it would have to be against Buffalo. 
if all teams win this weekend yes the only way well yeah if it's if it's if it's bills chiefs it's not happening there's a chance if bills Bengals. there's a chance the bills Bengals game happens in kansas city and any other team outside of buffalo happens in kansas city um okay so we have answers resolution does this mean the chiefs if they win have the bye week then i believe that that means i i think that's not included yeah right but i believe that this is the concession i mean basically everything that we heard set it up to be where you were trying to make it quote-unquote fair nothing nothing in this situation is ever truly going to be you know quote-unquote fair yeah trying to set it up in a way to where these teams weren't completely disadvantaged for missing this game i think this is the concession for it basically this sets it up as a concession but the chiefs right now with a win would be the one seed and would get the bye week you're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in kansas city kc sports network we'll be back right after this we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. Yeah, I, mean, I think I know some some people are going to be upset because they don't think that it is fair that the Chiefs have to make some form of sacrifice for the way this is going down. But you look at all the options that can somehow make this as fair as possible. This is probably the best case scenario for the Easily. Chiefs. If they win, not only do they get the bye, but now they're not even going to, if it's Buffalo and Buffalo wins, they're not going to Buffalo to play in the AFC championship game. Mm-hmm. They're going to go play at a neutral site. They're not playing a road AFC championship game, despite being the one seed. It's going to be neutral site. If they win, they still get the buy. Like really kind of worked out the best case scenario for them while also trying to make it fair for everybody. And like, I, that's not the, the most important thing of it all right now, but assuming the chiefs win, that's probably like the best case scenario for them. And I do see in the chat right now, real quick, some people that are saying, I, this is hypothetical. It's hypo- No, this is from the NFL. This is a press release from the NFL. This is yes. what's going to happen. Just so, released. Yes. yes. This has just been released. So if you are just now tuning in, it is just a broke come down. Uh, they will be 
canceling the uh, Bills-Bengals game. That game will not be played. We all anticipated that. And there are a variety of scenarios that will basically be playing the AFC Championship game at a neutral site. Uh, there will not be uh, a uh, if, if the if it's Chiefs Bills, it will not be an Arrowhead. Uh, is essentially what is happening, uh, unless so, the Bills lose, which is yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. If it's if it's Chiefs okay, Bills, yeah. it's not going to be an Arrowhead. But I think there's some scenarios basically outside outside of that is is a good likelihood that it's going to be uh, if the Chiefs went out, it's going to be at. Uh, at Arrowhead, uh, but the Chiefs. I just want to clear this up. The Chiefs get the bye by winning. If the Chiefs win, they get the bye for the playoffs, and the, the only thing that affects them is the AFC Championship games at a neutral site. Yep. That is really yeah. So the if the Chiefs beat the Las Vegas Raiders on Saturday, the Chiefs will be the one seed. They will get a bye week in the playoffs. Uh, that is that is what we know. And if the, it winds up being Chiefs Bills. Uh, in the championship game, it will be somewhere. I've, I've heard Indianapolis thrown around uh, as a as a possibility. That kind of seems like the default for a lot of uh, you know, like they, they they lean on Indy in a lot of different ways. The Pro Bowl is going to be in Vegas a couple of days immediately following. Uh, yeah, so is the Shrine game. I know. I think they could. I think the Shrine. I, no, I think they could do the Shrine game. I think they could do the. I think they could do the. I think they could do the ASC championship game in Vegas and then the Shrine Bowl midweek and then and all the NFL players come shortly after that. Like it wouldn't be I don't know if it would be out of the realm of possibility for them to accommodate that football football Let's game in Vegas. Uh that's just another that's just a, th a thought I had. You could you could accommodate all three of those those events very easily uh in the same Make league. the Bills fly cross country baby. Let's go. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Indy makes, I think I mean, Indy, Indy makes the most sense. Indy makes a lot of sense. And I can't yeah. stand it. I don't, I would, I don't want to watch the Chiefs play on the turf in the turf. I just, I'm not a turf guy, not a turf fan. Don't like it. Would much rather than choose uh Titans stadium there in Tennessee. Like give that game still roughly halfway. It's a little closer to the Chiefs, I guess, but like it's still halfway. You get an outdoor stadium, you have grass. Like I like that option a lot better. That, that would be my preference versus mm -hmm. Indy. I don't. I get it. You're going to put two offenses with the you know, two best quarterbacks in the NFL in a dome. Like the NFL is salivating. The weather can't impact this game whatsoever. They get to put the two offenses. Everybody wants to see in a dome. These two teams that just combined for like 9,000 points in a tit for tat shoot off last year in the playoffs now might play a neutral might. This is this a lot of wins have to happen, but might play a shootout at a neutral site in a dome. Like the NFL loves that idea. So I imagine that's where it would be just, you know, Man up and put it put it in Tennessee. Okay. Well, I guess we have the resolution that we started out to talk about. Can't I mean do we want do we want to move on to the Raiders? Do you do you, do you have anything more you want to say about this situation? I, I don't Chiefs win, they're the one seed. So yeah. Just going to continue to reiterate, man. I, I don't think any of us are excited about any of this. Uh it sucks and we're all i mean we're all pulling for demar hamlin like i i want to just make sure we re-emphasize that because genuinely man it's been a it's been a real hard week and it's been a harder week for demar obviously so uh prayers prayers for him so looks like the game that we are about to talk about has the ramifications of the chiefs could be the one seed if they do win this game. So let's talk a little bit about this Chiefs Raiders game. Um, 
we're not going to do the same kind of structure we've always done. We spent 20 minutes talking about this. We'll just kind of freestyle a little bit, discussing some things that we want to talk about in this game. I think first off, Jarrett Stidham is going to be the quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders. And I will be honest with you, before last week, I was like, sweet, Jarrett Stidham is going to be the quarterback <laughs> of the Las Vegas Raiders when these two teams play and the Chiefs are in the hunt of the one seed and all that stuff. Jarrett Stidham had some really high-level moments last week that almost knocked off potentially the best team in the NFC, the San Francisco 49ers. He made some very, very big throws in that game where I'm... I am definitely more scared of this game than I was seven days ago, Matthew. Nah, I've seen enough Jarrett Stedham in my life. There's, I've seen enough Jarrett Stedham in my life. There's, there's, you are not going to make me lose any sleep, any doubting the Chiefs playing that man at quarterback. I, he made some fun throws. He's clearly been in the Josh McDaniel system, and he clearly understands it a little bit better than Derek Carr did. It, it made sense. The meshing between Jared Stidham and Josh McDaniels, who have spent more time together, clearly showed. That said, my guy still threw two picks. One of them was not particularly pretty. Fumbled the ball. They got it back. Like It's still the same Jared Stidham we've seen. I think it's one of those things, oh, here comes a backup quarterback. The 49ers, you know, maybe aren't that prepared for what that's going to look like again. Should they have maybe watched the New England offense with him? Sure. Chiefs have seen Josh McDaniels and Jarrett Stidham together. Not mm -hmm. pretty. I've seen Jarrett Stidham in a couple different uniforms. Again, not pretty. I, Derek Carr, as much as we like to, you know, poke at him for just being a very pokeable player in the NFL landscape, um, he uh, he's a lot better than Jarrett Stidham. <laughs> a lot better than Jarrett Stidham is. So like, no, I, I don't, I'm not any more concerned. This is a, this should be a free win for the chiefs. And we know how that usually goes. Yeah. I think that that maybe that's the worry about this is that you look at that. You look at the way that he performed against a really good 49ers defense. And you look at that and you go, man. Okay. So what did he do in that game? Well, he, he gave volume targets to Devonte Adams. Well, that's smart. That's, that's a really good decision by that. When he didn't see Devontae Adams open, he gave the ball to Darren Waller. Well, damn it, that's a really good decision as well. And because they were really kind of beating the hell out of the 49ers through the air, the 49ers had to shift a little bit and shift their coverages. And now all of a sudden, Josh Jacobs able to get going a little bit. And the most leading rusher, Josh Jacobs, by the way. Yeah, that's the triumvirate if you look at it. And I, I understand that that quarterback Rush. position means more than anything else. <laughs> in anything else in the NFL. But if you are maximizing your playmakers, if you are maximizing your game breakers, and Devontae Adams is a game breaker in the, in the biggest sense of the word, it makes you dangerous. Now, do I think that this team is capable of coming in and hanging 50 points, 40 points on this Chiefs defense? No. I don't. And I know that some people are down on this Chiefs defense. I understand it. I understand their deficiencies. But no, I don't see them consistently moving the ball, consistently beating the Chiefs, especially now that Steve Spagnuolo is sitting there going, oh, okay. That's what Jarrett Stidham looks like with Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs. We knew what he looked like with Josh McDaniels, but the receiving talent wasn't great over there. Now we know what he's doing there. Guess what? It's what we expected. It's the way that he's still pushing the ball down the field. You're not just sitting on everything short like maybe you had to in New England. He is still pushing the ball down the field. He is still targeting these guys in a big way. So, yeah, 
we need to play him as if Derek Carr was back there because it is the same offense. It is taking some of the same chances. It is still pushing the ball down the field. And I understand if the 49ers thought, hey, man, this guy doesn't have the arm talent, doesn't have the ability to really threaten us deep, so we're just going to condense everything. And I got caught. I don't think Steve Spagnuolo is going to get caught. He'll be able to sit in too high, be able to play against Jarrett Stidham as if Derek Carr was back there. And I think that that's going to help limit some of what we saw him do to the 49ers. Uh, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you're watching this. Thanks, everybody that's watching. We've just obviously got the news that the uh, the, the Bills-Bengals game has been canceled, which means that this game I, for the Chiefs will uh, give them the one seed if they are able to. Uh, beat the Las Vegas Raiders today. So we're kind of talking a little bit about the Las Vegas Raiders now. Um, it looks like I'm looking at Devontae Adams at the second most receiving yards of the season. Uh, in week 17, he had the longest catch of the season, beating a 58-yard catch that he had against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, last time that these two teams matched up, and I'm glad you brought Devontae Adams up, Craig, is because obviously, like, Duh, it's Devontae mm-hmm. Adams. And like a big reason that Jared Stidham had a lot of success was Devontae Adams. Uh, do, you, do you guys want to know? I, don't look. Do you know what Devontae Adams' yards per catch was against the Chiefs the last oh, time that big. these two teams played? It was stupid high because he had a 58-yarder, a 48-yarder, and at least an 18-yarder in there. I yeah. just happened to look through him earlier today. So like, I don't know what else there was, but stupid big because I know those three existed. He had 41.3 yards per catch and two ah. touchdowns. Devontae Adams, four, three, three? catches, 124 okay, so all three yards, yeah, yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, I didn't know that was all. I thought maybe he caught a, a little screen or something too, but nope, just yeah. those three. Okay. Yeah. So one one of those on a fourth and one that shouldn't have happened because the Chiefs defense couldn't tackle on third and long and set him up with a fourth and one. They took a play action deep shot. I, anyway, I'm still salty about that one. So Devontae Adams doubles his catches, increases his yards, same amount of touchdowns last week. That's going to be a big factor again. uh, There's another offensive factor I want to talk about too. Uh, The last time that these two teams matched up, they went six off. The the Raiders went six offensive linemen and ran it down the Chiefs' throats. I would anticipate as good of a game as Devontae Adams had. Josh Jacobs, 21 carries, 154 yards and a touchdown, along of 37 yards on the ground as well. Um, yeah, I'm anticipating we're going to see some six offensive linemen looks again from the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, boy. The kid, this is, you know, when people go over to the kcsn.substack.com article tomorrow and see the game preview, they're going to find a lot about the Las Vegas Raiders running Halfback ISO right down the Chiefs' throat for, you know, the majority of the game with that jumbo package with an extra offensive lineman playing tight end. And I know I kind of talked about how it what the play is, how it worked, and what the Raiders were doing to make it work. And the very quick way is they were just winning a lot of one-on-one blocks, and the Chiefs were so scared, I think, of Adams that they stayed in too high safety or a too high safety look and they were forcing their safeties to come from depth down and run the alley with the extra offensive lineman in there they could handle any defensive end one-on-one on a kickout block so there was no frank clark there was no carlos dunlap dominating the point of attack they had a fullback going one-on-one with the play side linebacker whether that was darius harris that game or nick bolton or sometimes leo chanel and they just had a lot of one-on-ones it gives 
Josh Jacobs downhill and then a two-way go off of that fullback block. And if you're late filling that, if you're late running the alley as a safety or plenty of times when they used had to make a corner do it, it was bad. And I want to say for the Chiefs, the good news, Rashad Fenton was solely responsible for three of those longer <laughs> runs of Josh Jacobs because the Raiders had their wide receiver go block a safety and want, and Rashad Fenton had to come in and fill. One time he was late, one time he took a bad angle, and one time he just straight up missed a tackle. So Rashad Fenton, no longer on the team. Rashad Fenton, hey, maybe he was at fault for one of those long plays that we talked about that went for a touchdown or something too. So, you know, just purely by subtraction, the Chiefs should be in a slightly better spot to go ahead and beat the Raiders, how the Raiders played them last time. But it is worth noting this style of rushing attack, this heavy personnel package, this fullback play, just literally running straight at the Chiefs on what should be a short yardage play. Halfback ISO is not a play that goes for 37 yards. It's a short game. The whole point is just to get a fullback and a halfback running full speed at a linebacker, and then usually it collapses because it's all one-on-one blocks. The Chiefs got absolutely dumpstered on it in this first game, so bad that the Bills were like, hey, maybe we should try that same exact play a couple times when they played the very next week. So hopefully the Chiefs figured out something, and it's pretty simple. Extra offensive linemen's in. Two safeties aren't necessary. Maybe one of them can go hang out on the box. Just an idea. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a defensive coordinator, though. Especially when you're playing base. I mean, listen, oh, uh, I realize that Andy likes to throw the ball to an offensive lineman every once in a while, but like Thayer Munford isn't the guy that you got to worry about if he catches the ball rumbling for, you know, 60 yards on you. You don't have to worry about that. Maddie did hit on some of this, some of these more important things here. Willie Gay didn't play in that game. And Willie Gay, especially against some of these two back looks lately, has been really good, especially on some of these lead ISO looks, has been really good. That man ate a Seattle Seahawks tight ends lunch when he was coming around on a lead ISO a couple of weeks ago. He has been really good at that. That was also during the period where we were talking about Nick Bolton isn't looking quite as good reading things from the Mike position. He has gotten so much better. It's not as tentative anymore. It seems to be a lot more downhill, a lot more comfortable in the defense as a whole. Derek Nadi wasn't playing as well as he is now either. And Brandon Williams has been a real good player against the run in the middle of the defense as well. George Karloftis has a lot more reps under his belt, setting the edge. There are a lot of improvements that will come from this but that doesn't mean that the Raiders aren't going to stick with it. They will. They're still going to run a ton of two-back stuff. They're still going to run a ton of heavy personnel. They want to get the Chiefs in their base defense because they want to get guys matched up against linebackers. They want to get Foster Moreau or Darren Waller coming across the middle of the field, and they want to ask Leo Chanel or Nick Bolton to have to pick them up in coverage. That's exactly what they want to look for. And so that play-action game is going to be very difficult, especially as Maddie was just saying there. You know, if you're not fast to the hole, if you're just kind of letting guys climb to you, if you're being that patient, guess what? You're going to get your lunch eaten on the run game. So guys have to win one-on-ones up front from a defensive line perspective. Again, doing much better at that as of late. And then those guys kind of have to have their head on a swivel in the play-action game. I expect lots of heavy personnel. Don't be surprised if this is the most snaps that Leo Chanel plays in a long time just because the Raiders are just going to stick with that heavy personnel. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. 
So, uh, don't mean to barge in. Uh, did get some additional context that maybe we just, uh, I don't know, I don't know if glossed over is the, the right word, but the NFL owners are meeting tomorrow to discuss mm-hmm. the seedings of the AFC. So, what is there to discuss? NFL teams have been advised that owners will meet at noon on Friday to discuss playoff seeding in the AFC, given the anticipated cancellation of Bengals Bills. I'm, I hate to even speculate what that is. Like, I know that at, does at this point. Just I have no some, idea. What that just means. another food for thought. Like that's just was I. Okay, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. So that's another just thing to keep an eye out on because. I want to be clear. Like Schefter's tweet says, a neutral AFC championship game is now possible. Possible, but that was from the NFL's state. Possible if they make it. It's possible. I just, I'm just, I'm looking at wording here to know. I mean, I would assume the rest of the seating is maybe going to be about, or like the meeting's going to be about location, where it's going to be played, how you handle all that stuff. Would be my guess for what it would be about. I don't know if you could change anything else at this point in time, but like, hey, I, I I would. I would assume, and I'm, I'm not going to assume, but I'm still. I would anticipate if the Chiefs win and get their 14th win, they. I, who knows? I would be quite surprised uh, if it was anything else. Darren Waller didn't play the last time that these two teams played. Just another mm-hmm. thing to keep in the back of your head when it comes to the the Raiders' offense. So uh, another guy that you've got to take into consideration as well here. Uh, I believe uh, Jarrett Stidham found him uh, a few times. Uh, three catches, 72 yards. Seems seems decent uh last week against the the san francisco 49ers anything for the offense matthew that you want to discuss uh chiefs offense versus raiders defense uh you know no um hopefully that hopefully the chiefs continue to get into their vertical passing game i like what we are seeing versus the denver broncos i don't think the raiders have near as good of a defense so hopefully they can not just scheme up but work in some of these shot plays at the right times whether that's these double moves to mvs which are getting open hitting guys up the seam, Kadarius Tony up the sideline seems to be a really good one for them. More corner routes. Like I would like to see them continue to get into that vertical passing game. Something I expect to see more heavy personnel. Again, I, we've been, ta- I've been talking about it for a couple weeks. You're getting the Andy Reed perfecting stuff that he wants to use five times throughout the playoffs. He wants to run, go run 13 personnel in certain situations five times in the playoffs. And guess what? He wants it to be perfect. There's no way to make it perfect without game rep. So you might get 10 snaps of 13 personnel in this game. And it's not because they're just trying to hold everything close to the chest. It's not because they're just trying to pound the rock. No, they're trying to figure out what they can do to get Blake bell wide open 15 yards in the middle of the field and rumbling for a touchdown on a specific play. They're trying to figure out when you're going to forget about Noah gray going in jet motion and then running a wheel route because he's a tight end. Why would he do that? They're doing very specific stuff. And I think 13 personnel is going to come back in the playoffs and play a role. I think you're going to see the Chiefs now without Fortson, but with Blake Bell, continue to try to play around with it and see what works. I do. I am a little sad that Sky Moore is not going to play in this game. That hand laceration looks like it's going to keep him out this week. Um, they, they seem fairly optimistic about him for the playoffs, so not something that's going to be a long-term issue for him. Just, hey, no need to re-aggravate it this week sort of deal especially with McCole Hardman now coming off of IR this week. Um, They're not like-for-like players or anything like that, not trying to say that, but McCole Hardman, as we've talked about in his absence, 
brought a different element to this Chiefs team, a horizontal element, a horizontal stretch element, and we know that he's got a little bit of the vertical stretch as well. It gives the Chiefs another guy. It's not just MVS that's having to run these vertical routes or Justin Watson that's having to run these vertical routes. Now, we talk a lot about Justin Watson, his usage, his route tree, everything like that. Guess what? If you're in a pass-heavy script, Cole Hardman makes a lot of sense out there as that guy because he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to stretch vertically again and come down with the ball a little bit. So I, I am excited to see what McCall Hardman looks like. It's been a long time. Andy Reid kind of it, it wasn't a tempered expectation for this. I, I expect maybe or expected maybe coming off of IR that Andy Reid was gonna, well, we'll see how it goes and like try and play it down. You know, he's got to get into it. It sounds like he's going to be ready to go, and maybe not in a full capacity, but in a mostly full capacity. This probably means we will probably see a little bit more Justin Watson when they're not in heavy personnel, but a lot of Kadarius Tony Again, this is the second week back for Kadarius. Get him out there. Get him comfortable again with that hamstring. I am curious to see how all these weapons fit together because we haven't seen Kadarius and McColl together for extended periods of time. We haven't seen them both at Andy Reid's disposal. I don't think Andy's going to bust out all the great Kadarius and McColl plays or anything like that, but I do think we can see the two of them on the field at once in some specific looks that Andy Reid wants a defensive coordinator to pay attention to. You know, basically jingle the keys over here and try and get them to look the other way so they can try and get those guys doing something else. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get three or four snaps with both of those guys on the field together just to put a little more on the plate of a defensive coordinator while you're easing McColl into the game. Hey, do us a favor, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you're watching this. Um, anything else on the offensive side of the ball before we kind of get into some predictions here, Matthew? Uh, I, I don't think so. I think Craig touched on pretty much the, the last big thing, which is what does Tony look like? If McColl Hardman plays, cool. If not, like I just... I want to see the two together because we haven't got to see the two really play together. And I think the Chiefs want to use Tony more as a real receiver or just a guy they put in space. I don't know if they necessarily want him to be their gadget guy. Can they? Yes. I don't know if they want them him to be their jet sweep guy, to be their end around guy. They want McColl to be that guy. So if McColl comes back and can take that role back like he's always had, what does that open up Kadarius Tony to do? Now, all of a sudden, especially with Sky Moore out, whether it's just this week or if it was through extended through the playoffs, you know, Sky Moore, we didn't love his usage, but he definitely ran some routes on the backside of plays. And now they have Kadarius Tony, who's been running some very specific routes. If all of those start going to Kadarius Tony, if he no longer has to be the gadget guy, I just wonder what his role looks like. They clearly trust him to win jump balls up the sideline. They're trying to scheme up ways to get him on wheel routes for safeties and then trusting him to throw him the ball. So I'm just, I'm curious as to what that looks like once we get a, you know, healthy McColl working out there. Not so much because I think the two together are super dangerous. I just want to see what Tony's role is. What's his role in this offense when he's not being forced into taking over some of Hardman's uh, role? Anything else, Craig? No, I, th I think we covered it on offense. Um, take care of business. Don't turn the ball over. Don't let Max Crosby affect this game. Um, he's a really good player. We talked about a game breaker in Devontae Adams, or I did. I Max Crosby is a game breaker on the defensive side of the ball. Like he he can wreck the game for you. Don't let that guy ruin 
your game by getting pressure quickly through Orlando Brown Jr. or Andrew Wiley. Don't let him affect the run game. He's really good as a backside run defender, you know, really chasing stuff down. Don't let him affect the game in the way that gets this defense back into things. This is not a good defense. It's just not. And the Chiefs should be able to move the ball, should be able to throw the ball. Max Crosby is one of the few guys on that defense that can make it better than you know the sum of its parts. It can be an impact player and ruin some drives. Don't let him do that. All right, prediction time before we get out of here. Matthew, what do you what do you see this game? What do you see happening in this football game? Okay. Um, this game, my player to watch is Trent McDuffie because he didn't play in the first game. I think the Chiefs are gonna have to find a way to trust their corners to cover Devontae Adams and Matt Collins, I guess, um, on the outside so they don't have to play too high. And Trent McDuffie being back for this game, I think, is a huge part of that. My prediction for the game is essentially this. The Chiefs are going to come out. I think they're I don't think they're going to come out with like this perfect A plus game script. I don't think they're going to come out rocking on all cylinders, but I think they're going to come out crisp enough. They're going to come out clean enough that they're going to jump out to an early lead in this game. They're you're going to get a pretty good Andy script. You're going to get a team that executes pretty well through the first quarter and a half. They jump out to an early three score lead, 17 points, 21 points, something like that. And then they start to coast. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of fight the Raiders have at that point. Because if you have fight the Chiefs, and they start to coast, you can easily claw back in. We see it time and time again under Andy Reid. I don't have a fear that the Raiders will come back and win, but they could come back and make this game close. If the team led by Jarrett Stidham and has a bunch of injuries and they have, you know, there's security, there's head coach security, but you don't know what that team's looking like going forward. You're losing your quarterback that's been there forever. What kind of fight are they going to have if they drop down 17 points in a game that means absolutely nothing to them other than you beat the Chiefs in the last game of the season, right? So, We'll see what the fight is. I think the Chiefs win this one, let's say 31 to 17. And I don't know if it's particularly, you know, I think the Raiders kind of make it look a little better at the end. I just don't think that they're going to be here to fight this game out once the Chiefs jump out to an early one. It's funny because my player to watch is Legereus Need, because Legereus Need has been the guy to shadow everybody's number one receiver. He is questionable coming into this game with that hip injury that he suffered last week. If he can go, I can see the Chiefs trying out luxurious need in those man coverage looks as a guy that shadows Devonte Adams. I don't want to interrupt you. I'm just curious. Why do we think Snead didn't shadow Jamar Chase, but he's shadowing lo- larger receivers? Do we think Adams is the Chase category or a different category? I'm just. I think that it was after the Chase game. I believe it was Chase, and then it was Jerry Judy the week after uh, that that Denver game. He did not shadow at that point in the game. Jerry Judy ate their lunches after Jer- Jamar Chase ate their lunches. And I think Steve Spagnuolo said, hey, listen, we got to make a shift. And I think that's when the cut-in was because it was after that that all of a sudden we started, to, not so much Houston. Houston didn't have anybody that they really felt like right. they needed to shadow, but DK Metcalf and then this last game, yeah. Jerry Judy again. They, they clear focus on getting luxurious need against those guys. So anyway, I, I, player to watch. We'll see how he performs against Devontae Adams is kind of might dictate if they you continue know. to use it in the playoffs. <laughs> I, I mean, like it, he might get beat up a little bit. Don't get me wrong. I, I fully expect it. Devontae Adams is an elite receiver, but if he holds his own more often than not, when they get to a Bengals or another team with another stud receiver, Steve Spagnuolo might feel a little bit more comfortable using it again and that that's what i'm looking forward to see what happens there as far as the game prediction like i said don't let the game breakers beat you chiefs defense i think is going to play the run so much better 
the secondary is so much better than the last time that the Chiefs defense faced this team. Justin Reed is playing better. Trent McDuffie's back. Jerry Sneed is playing better. And they're trusting these rookies on the outside. I expect to see a lot of Jalen Watson. On the offensive side of the ball, the secondary is worse. It's worse than the last time the Chiefs saw it, too. I expect Juju, MBS, Kadarius Toney, McCole Hardman, whoever it is out there, to still eat, and Travis Kelsey will as well. I think that the Chiefs are going to win this fairly comfortably. I think Andy's going to call a good script because he's going to need him to focus. And I think this week's been hard on a lot of NFL teams. So come out with a good script. Come out with something with these guys feel comfortable with. Lean on it a little bit. Chiefs are going to end up winning. I'm going to say 28 to 13. My player to watch is Patrick LeVon Mahomes. Uh, he can continue to submit himself as the MVP of this league with another strong performance. I think you're going to get a strong performance out of him. Um, I don't think, you know, I don't know if it's going to be a, a blowout or anything like that. I actually think the Raiders will cover this nine point spread. Uh, I think it'll be you know, a little bit of an ugly game. I think the Chiefs will get out ahead. I don't think it'll ever be super in question. It'll be less in question than it was against the Broncos. But I don't think I see the Chiefs running away and hiding. Uh, so give me 28-21. The Chiefs win this football game. Uh, and Mahomes does have a strong performance, though, to close out the regular season. Uh, again, prayers to, uh, to Damar Hamlin. Thank you all so much for watching this show. Uh, we've all had a lot of perspective, I think this week, and we appreciate you all. Uh, we appreciate all the people that are putting their lives online to play the sport. And, uh, I don't think any of that's lost on anybody this week. Be kind to each other. Love each other. We'll catch you later. Thanks for listening to KC sports network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review. If you like what you heard and think others would as well, you can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.